1: C13 Originals.
2: When I was in high school, getting ready to apply to college, I knew I wanted to go to an art school. And there was one school I wanted to go to. I kind of felt like if I got into my dream school, that was the finish line. And then everything would be okay. I was nervous because the SATs were approaching, and I knew that I was not going to do well on them. I had taken the PSATs. I did horribly. I had, it almost felt like a panic attack. I remember leaving the room and, and reaching for the doorknob, and my hand was like shaking really hard. I was freaked out that the SATs could keep me from getting to where I thought I should be. I've been praised for my artistic ability, and it was the most important thing in my life. And I knew I had a natural talent for it. And the idea that I was going to be kept from getting into this school because of an academic test that had nothing to do with my ability or my dreams, felt so wrong to me at the time. And that made me think, well, if there's a way I can get around this, I'm going to get around this. One of my classmates was making fake IDs for the local rich kids. And he mentioned that he had a friend who taught him how to make fake IDs who was also an SAT bus. He had made a fake ID with someone else's name and his photo and then taken the SAT for them and gotten them a 1400 When I heard this, my jaw dropped over. I mean, I was like, I will pay whatever I need to pay to avoid facing this test. My roommate put me in touch with them remember I got on my bike and went to the ATM and I withdrew $200 and I biked across town I met him at a Mexican restaurant and I had the cash in an envelope and I slid it across the table to him and it was a deal and I remember waking up the morning I was supposed to take the SATs because I was going to keep the cover up for my parents I got up at 8.30 and on a Saturday I said okay mom I'm off to take the test and she said okay good luck and it was a beautiful day out sunshine the birds were singing and I was painting this mural with my friends I was actually on campus of my high school and I remember just looking up at all the classrooms surrounding me and everyone else was inside taking this god awful test and I just felt great I remember thinking like wow I could be in there suffering under this test and look at where I am I'm out here I'm enjoying myself I'm making art and as we're doing it, I'm getting a 1400. I remember just kind of smiling to myself, thinking like, "Wow, I'm uh, I'm getting away with this."
3: Kids cheating to help get themselves into college and hiding it from their parents is not a new thing, but parents cheating to get their kids in and not telling them—well, that's a whole other story. The largest college admission scam ever. What federal prosecutors say was a $25 million
4: scheme. The
5: bust is called Operation Varsity Blues.
4: 50 people have been charged.
2: Authorities are calling the group of parents a catalog of wealth and privilege. A
5: couple from China paid
6: the scheme's mastermind, Rick Singer, $6.5 million.
4: Huge scandal rocking the news cycle today.
3: The whole system is raked for those who have wealth and privilege. I'm Andrew Jenks, and this is Season 1 of Gangster Capitalism. Turn left onto First Avenue North. I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's 7:45 a.m. on May 6th. I'm driving my rented Nissan to the North Shore Aquatic Complex. I have a bathing suit on, but I'm not here to go swimming. All right. So, uh, check one two. Check one two. And Then, Mike, if you wouldn't mind just doing the same thing, check one two. Check one two. I'm now waiting in the parking lot with my new friend, Mike Murray.
7: This is probably a really disciplined guy. I think I think swimmers, by nature, are disciplined, so I bet this is part of his
3: daily Mike grew up here, so he knows his way around. We've
7: been here for about an hour and a half.
3: And after serving subpoenas here for 10 years, pull off. he's a lot more comfortable doing this than I am. But he's, he's got to have discipline to do that kind of thing. Part of you that feels kind of ridiculous, like, did I just fly out to Tampa and there's no chance he's coming, and I'm already feeling that way at 9.13? Keeping my eyes out, making sure this thing is recording. Check. 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 Yeah,
7: in the, in the industry, a lot of times it's just referred to as a sit and wait. You know, surveillance sounds fancy, but, you know, in, the inside baseball term would be called just a sit and wait, because that's largely what it is.
3: A few days ago, I had a conversation with a reporter from the Tampa Bay Times named Zach Sampson
2: so it was uh, probably like two weeks ago that we had gotten a tip in the newsroom and that tip was that there was a man who was swimming at north shore pool which is is right in downtown st petersburg it's it's in a park that's sort of right on tampa bay but it's you know it's just your standard pool club it's it's run by the city uh we had heard there was a man who had showed up there and 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 members started noticing that he was you know driving a a porsche with with california plates and the way it was described to me looked, looked a little like the guy in the news uh, who was involved in this, this college admission scandal.
3: Zach saw Rick Singer, the ringleader of the college admission scandal, coming out of the pool and walking to his Porsche SUV with California plates and two huge paddle boards strapped to a roof rack. And he wrote a story about it. When I read it, I couldn't believe that the man at the center of this story while out on $500,000 bond and cooperating with the government would be out taking a morning dip, like so many retirees in Florida. But he's facing 65 years in federal prison, and if I were 58 years old like Rick, I guess I'd also be trying to enjoy what could very well be my last days of freedom. So I'm thinking the plan is, let's say we get this one in a million shot, the car drives in, right? Yeah. We'll actually wait. We'll let him go in. Yeah. We'll wait. And then when he comes out, I'll approach him and you'll then follow him. That sounds cool. Nothing made me believe that there was any chance Rick would still be in Florida, much less at the same public pool where he was spotted. Uh, here yeah. he
7: comes right up North Shore Drive.
3: Sure enough, there he was. You see the car? Yep. Is that that's it, right? Yeah,
7: that's gotta be it. We'll check the see if that's California place, but that's gotta be it. That's where well, that sticks out.
3: So he uh, if that's the right car, it looks like Rick Singer's actually arriving here.
7: Yeah, that's a Porsche. And... Two huge paddle boards on top.
3: Okay, so he's here.
7: Yeah. See where he parks.
3: And um and There he is, and that's him. Meet William Rick Singer. Rick is unlike anyone you've ever met. If there was a movie made about him, maybe George Clooney would play him. Rick is 5'8", with a slim build, white hair and brown eyes. And he orchestrated the most prolific criminal scheme in education history. On March 12th, 2019, Rick Singer was indicted for felony racketeering conspiracy, money laundering conspiracy, conspiracy to defraud the United States, and obstruction of justice. All of these charges are the result of Singer running a multi-state operation, which along with complicit parents, cheated on SATs and ACTs, and bribed college coaches and administration officials to help get those kids into elite schools. The voices you're gonna hear now and throughout this podcast are actors, but the words were all recorded by the FBI and included in the 204-page affidavit released on March 12th of this year. Some of this has been lightly edited for time and clarity. Here's Rick Singer.
8: Okay, so who we are, what we do, is we help the wealthiest families in the U.S. get their kids into school. Every year there are, is a group of families, especially where I'm right now in the Bay Area, Palo Alto, that just flew in. They want guarantees. They want this thing done. They don't want to be messing around with this thing. And so they want in at certain schools. So I did 761, what I would call, side doors. There's a front door, which means you get in on your own. The back door is through institutional advancement, which is 10 times as much money. And I've created
3: this side door in. A big part of the side door was cheating on the SAT or ACT. Singer had a school in Houston and a school in Los Angeles where he had test proctors in his pocket. And he said he had a way of doing it so that the kids wouldn't even know. But that's
8: kind of how the side and back door work.
3: Here's a conversation he had with a parent, a prominent attorney from Greenwich, Connecticut, named Gordon Kaplan, who was skeptical.
1: Well, again, thanks for taking the time earlier today. Look, I'm particularly interested in working with you guys and figuring out what's best for my daughter. She's an interesting kid. I'm sure you've seen them all. But this notion of effectively going in, flying out to L.A., sitting with your proctor and taking the exam is pretty interesting.
8: It's the home run of home runs.
1: And it works
8: every time they're all families like yours and they're all kids that wouldn't have performed as well. And then they did really well. It was so funny because the kids will call me and say, maybe I should do that again. I did pretty well. And if I took it again, I'd do even better. And they just have no idea that they didn't even get the score that they thought they got. Right.
3: That's a big part of singer's pitch. Everybody will feel good about this, but in order for it to work, Gordon's daughter would need to be approved for extra time to take the test, which would allow her to take it over more than one day. So
8: here's the first thing we
3: need to do. And I think I mentioned this to your wife.
8: We need to get your daughter tested for a learning difference. Here's why. If she gets tested for a learning difference, and let's say it's my person that does it, or whoever you want to do it, I need that person to get her 100% extended time over multiple days. So what that means is, we will have to show that there's some discrepancies in her learning, which there's gotta be anyways. And if she gets 100%, Gordon, then I own two schools. I can ever test at one of my schools and I can guarantee her the score. If it's ACT, I can guarantee her a score in in the 30s. And if it's the SAT, I can guarantee her a score in the 1400s. Now, all of a sudden, her test score does not become an issue with all the colleges because she's strong enough. Then if we clean up her transcript and her ability with her athletic ability and her testing and her getting better at school, it's much easier to get her into school because you're not fighting huge obstacles at the types of schools you're talking about. Now, if we do that, there's a financial consideration that you have to pay for the school to get it done because it is absolutely unheard of to make this happen. I can make scores happen and nobody on the planet can get scores to happen. Your daughter won't even know that it happened. She'll think she's really super smart, and she got lucky on a test. There's lots of ways to do this. I can do anything
1: and everything if you guys are amenable to doing it. Okay, so let me understand the two components. What's the, uh, what is the, uh, the number?
8: The number on the testing is 75,000, okay? It's 75,000 to get any test scores you would like to get on the SAT or the ACT.
1: Okay, it, that's, Explain to me how that works.
8: You get extended time. You got to get the extended time first. Then you're going to fly to LA and you're going to be going on a fake recruiting visit. You'll visit some schools while you're out here in LA. And then on a Saturday, which is the national test day with ACT or SAT, she's going to sit down and take the test. I will have a proctor in the room. That's why when you have hundred percent extended time, you don't take it with everybody else. You get to take it over multiple days and you get to take it at a, you can take it at your school or another school. Okay. So you come to my school, take the test on a Saturday. She'll be in the room for six, six and a half hours taking this test. My proctor would then answer her questions. By the end of the day, she would leave. My proctor would make sure she would get a score that would be equivalent to the number that we need to get. Okay. That's how simple it is. She doesn't know. Nobody knows what happens. It happened. She feels great about herself. What happened is all the wealthy families that figured out that if I get my kid tested, they get extended time, they can do better on the test. So most of these kids don't even have issues, but they're getting time. And I also need to tell your daughter when she gets tested to be as, to be stupid, not to be as smart as she is. The goal is to be slow, to be not as bright, all that. So we show discrepancies.
1: I mean, this is, to be honest, it feels a little weird. I know it
8: does. I know it does. But when she gets the score and we have choices, you're going to be saying, okay, I'll take all my kids. We're going to do the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will.
8: So she's going to take the test on her own. She's going to do her best, all that stuff. And then we're going to do our magic on the back end.
1: Let me ask you straight up. You've never had an issue with this? No one has ever gotten in trouble with this?
8: I've never I'm, had an issue with anybody.
1: But what I'm, what I'm asking is, is there any way for this to get back to my daughter? Or to the family. I mean, this comes out. I I don't even want to know what you guys would do. Uh, Let me put it differently. If somebody catches this, what happens?
8: The only one who can catch it is if you guys tell somebody.
1: I'm not going to tell anybody. Well, <laughs> neither am I. Yeah, neither am I, I. I hear you. It's just, to be honest, I'm not worried about the moral issue here. I'm worried about the, if she's caught doing that, you know, She's finished. It's never happened
8: before in 20 some odd years. The only way anything can happen is if she... Someone
1: talks. So, how do I get this done with you? What do I need to do?
3: This part really got my blood boiling, to be honest. A parent tells his daughter to act stupid. And I'm curious, as a psychologist, when you hear that sort of thing, how does that make you feel?
5: Equating stupidity with disabilities? Seriously, how pejorative is that? So when a parent tells a kid to act stupid so they can look dumb on testing, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, I've had kids say, first of all,
3: that's Dr. Marla Shapiro. Dr. Shapiro is a developmental neuropsychologist whose work includes comprehensive evaluations for accommodations for high stakes testing like the SAT and ACT.
5: Parents do come into my office sometimes looking, they'll say, yes, we want accommodations for the SAT, AP, ACT, or GRE. They'll be very specific that that is what brought them in the door or they insist that performance level is not where it needs to be. And I'm not someone that thinks that just because someone is struggling, that alone warrants a diagnosis. And I hate when parents walk away just not getting it and really angry at me, but it has happened.
3: Can you tell if kids are almost... Are they almost ever faking it?
5: There is a whole body of research that looks at faking symptom validity tests. There's good data that shows that students often come to get extra time. And if they're going to go to such extraordinary lengths, I guess they could get by me too, but they're going to have to work awfully hard to do it. But for the most common things for which students are seeking accommodations, ADHD, learning disabilities, those are developmental disabilities. The things that we expect to see from early childhood developmentally, I want to see hints and breadcrumbs along the way. A good evaluator doing these kinds of evaluations should be including symptom validity testing. They should be including you know, reams of documentation. How did they get an eval and not have that stuff done? The shame of it is I see lots of evaluations like that. There's lots of people to blame, I think, in this game. And I think the kids that suffer most are not only those with disabilities, but more to that, the kids without the resources to shell out the big bucks, to demand accommodations. And so this admission scandal, whatever we call it, highlights an issue that has only been building and brewing for a while. There is this increasing pressure that is so systemic of expecting more and more and more and more and more. And people are looking at more and more ways to get around that. And I hate to see how it gets bastardized by folks that are looking to game the system. All I can do is do my job the way I think I need to do it and help other people do it along the way and and hope it works
9: Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all
6: things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast.
9: I'm Emma. I'm Julie. And I'm Isabel. Together, we run Comments by Celebs on Instagram and host the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture.
6: Whether it's creating hypothetical scenarios, dissecting the latest trends, or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered.
9: We start the week with a full-blown pop culture breakdown, analyzing all of the biggest headlines. Next, we discuss all things Kardashians. Recapping current episodes or taking a trip down memory lane to relive some of their iconic moments from the past.
6: And for our final episode of the week, we serve you a full Bravo breakdown. From recaps of Housewives, Vanderpump
9: Rules, Summer House, and more, if it's going on in the Bravo world, we've got it covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your
3: podcasts. I'm outside with a crush of reporters lined up 3 deep. We're all trying to get close to the action. Fans are there too. They're holding up their cell phones for pictures and some have signs that say I love you. We love you. You're so good. We love you. Helicopters are buzzing overhead. It's a scene. Actually, this feels a lot like a red carpet event.
0: Well, is that a news? Can you tell if it's a news chopper? It looks like nbc boston's news chopper so that's a perfect example of how many people are here right now because before from a chopper shot
3: it's april 3rd and i'm at the federal courthouse in boston for the arraignment of more than a dozen people caught up in the admissions scandal the arraignment is the beginning of the legal process where the accused stand before a judge to formally hear the charges against them
0: this is the first time they're going to appear before a Massachusetts judge. This is where they've been charged. This is where the investigation happens. So, this is where they need to face a judge. They will do so today.
3: Let's wait one second. Oh, just that
0: noise. Oh, yeah. They're leaving out that side door. Oh, that's, that that's, that's where inmates are dropped in and out.
3: Okay, there we go. We're back.
0: Yeah, it's a circus. Everyone is stopping, staring, and staying because they want to know what's going on, who's coming in.
3: I'm talking to Justin Doherty a local reporter from Boston who's been covering the scene. A big reason that this story has crossed over from major news to tabloid fodder is because two of the defendants are also famous actors. The first is Lori Loughlin best known as Aunt Becky from Full House.
6: We just saw Lori Loughlin, and she smiled at us and, and waved us and loved so us. She's so beautiful. She's our celebrity mom. We love her. She, she was she's all smiles. She was, seemed so happy Good and positive. Her. Like... She's a Did positive she really No, I'm being completely oh, serious. No, She's she really smiling was. at us. She literally looked, saw our masks that we have over her face, and she thought it was great. Like, she loved it. She us. was smiling, all smiles. And I just honestly want to hug her so bad. Oh my if God. you're really surprised that this is a thing, that people are bribing their spot. colleges yeah. to get what their the children hell? in, then I'm sorry, where have you been? Everyone knows the rich, rich is corrupt. corrupt. It's been like that forever. Not supporting her actions, but, like, it's Aunt Becky, and I wanted to meet her, and she smiled at me, and I'm happy. Bye.
3: The other celebrity is Felicity Huffman, Oscar nominee and the star of the show Desperate Housewives. I love you,
6: I love Desperate Housewives. Aww,
3: cutie. Huffman is here because she paid Rick Singer's company fifteen thousand dollars to ensure her daughter got a good score on her SAT. Singer's company was called Key Worldwide, and it was listed as a non-profit organization. That's important. So when Huffman and others made these payments, they were made as charitable donations. So these bribes were all tax write-offs. And as proof of this donation, Huffman and others received a letter from the key worldwide accountant that the money would, quote, allow us to move forward with our plans to provide educational and self-enrichment programs to disadvantaged youth. The letter also falsely stated that no goods or services were exchanged for the $15,000. Here's a conversation from February 13th, 2019, between Felicity Huffman and Rick Singer.
6: Hey, thank you so much for calling. My husband gave me the update that she'll take the test March 9th 9th at her high school, and then we'll plan it again for May. May.
8: Because she said she wanted to take it a couple of times Yep. So the goal because we got to get based on the schools she thinks she wants to go to we're going to have to get her a 1400 plus
6: yes and you know the tutor gave her that a practice test and as i said to you you know she came in at around 1200 and she said but i think you know we can bring that up
8: we can go 14
6: yeah we can bring that up but i just didn't know if it'd be odd for the tutor if we go oh she did this in in march 9th but She did so much better in May. I don't know if that'd be like, if the tutor would be like, wow.
8: The tutor is just doing her job, so I don't think she gets well engaged in that kind of world. Okay. So I wouldn't worry about that.
3: But before Huffman's daughter could even take the test, she needed to get that extra time. That was crucial. Because the extra time gave Singer's accomplice, Mark Rydell, aka the really smart guy, time to come in and correct her answers. Mark was a former tennis player for Harvard, who became the director of college exam preparation for the elite independent school IMG Academy. So he was pretty qualified. So Huffman applied for the extra time for her daughter. It turns out that in the 2016-2017 school year, Of those kids that applied to the College Board for extra time for the ACT and SAT, more than 90% were approved. On October 16, 2017, Huffman's older daughter gets a letter from the College Board. She's been approved for 100% extra time. Huffman emails Singer. The email from her reads, Hooray, she got it. But shortly after, she received an email from her daughter's high school counselor saying that she would proctor the exam at her high school. That was a problem. Huffman emails Singer again and writes, "Rutrow looks like my daughter's high school provides own proctor. This screws up the plan. Because in order for Singer to work his magic, he needs Huffman's daughter to take the test at a specific school in Los Angeles, with his people. But Rick doesn't seem worried. He responds to the email and writes, We will speak about it. He's not worried because he knows a guy named Igor Dvorsky. Igor, an ex-Soviet, is the director of a school in West Hollywood that he runs with his family out of a nondescript synagogue. Igor's school is also a test center for the SAT and ACT. And Igor also gets paid a lot of money by Rick Singer to help pull off this cheating scheme. So Rick instructs Huffman to do the following. Tell the high school counselor that you don't want your daughter to miss any school days taking the test. She's that good of a student. And then tell them she will take it during a weekend instead at another school that's open. It's a win for everybody. And so Igor completes the paperwork to move Huffman's daughter's exam from her own high school to his. Done. On December 1st, 2017, Singer flies out the really smart guy from Tampa to Los Angeles to do his thing. She will take the test.
8: She will think when she's done with the test, that she has taken the test. No doubt about it. She will walk out the door. At the end of it, she'll say to you, it was so hard, or I'm so tired, or whatever the typical reaction out of the kid. The difference is, is that what we'll do is instead of her bubbling into the test, she'll write her answers on a separate sheet to the side of it so that we can rebubble. Mark will then look at all of her answers because her answers will be put on a separate sheet of paper. And then Mark will go through the answers and then ensure that whatever score we decide that we want to get, he has it down to a unbelievable that he can do it.
3: That's how the cheating is done. The day after the test, Mark Rydell flies home to Tampa, and Felicity Huffman's daughter gets a 1420 on her SAT, an improvement of approximately 400 points from her PSAT, taken without Rydell one year earlier. Getting into the school of her choice just got a lot easier. We're seeing a local 10 news van doing a drive through here. I would think maybe they're here for, for the reasons we are, although they're definitely not trying to hide because channel 10 news is written right across the entire van. I'm sitting with my new friend, Mike Murray, in my rented Nissan in the parking lot of the North Shore Aquatic Center in St. Petersburg, Florida. Mike used to serve subpoena papers in the area. And we're still waiting for Rick Singer to finish his morning swim. It's 11.02, waiting just outside the pool. We know he's in there. His car is still parked outside. It just seems like no one has any idea he's here. One of the more well-known figures in the news right now swimming at a local pool that cost five bucks to get in. While we waited for Singer to come out, I was thinking of all the things I wanted to ask him. This is the guy who scammed the system at every turn. He didn't just break one rule. He had parents and kids lie to get extra time. He had a cohort take every student's test. He fudged transcripts. He bribed coaches and administration officials. And he made at least $25 million doing it. I wanted answers. And then he walked out, shirt off, tanned, with a tennis visor on backwards, looking like he's on vacation. That's our guy. Rick, if you could change one decision in your life, what would it be? Rick, what would you say to all the victims? No comment? I've read your books, what about your books? Do you feel like you stuck to what you wrote in your books? Nothing? You like all the attention? No comment? You could change one decision in your life, just one. He didn't say anything. I didn't get any answers, not even a no comment. He didn't even seem bothered by the experience. So I went back the very next day, and I asked him another set of questions. Rick, can any good come from this? Rick, can any good? Have you exposed deeper flaws in the educational world? Is the system broken? Just gonna have to keep coming here, man. Gonna keep having to come every day. Is the system broken? Any comment on anything? You seem pretty comfortable. Can any good come out of this, Rick? You seem like you're comfortable, you're taking your time here. Did you really work with over 700 families? Rick, is the system broken? It was pretty surreal that I was able to fly down to Florida and find Rick Singer and confront him. Mike took video, and it was the first time Singer had been photographed or taped since his arrest. Watching the footage, it made me angry that he was so casual, but I was probably a little naive to think he'd give me some answers as to why he did it, and how, and where do we go from here. This is a watershed moment in our education system and our culture, and it became clear that this story is only just beginning. Next time on Gangster Capitalism, you heard what $15,000 gets you. Wait till you hear what $500,000 gets you. Gangster Capitalism is a production of C13 Originals. It's written and directed by me, Andrew Jenks, and Zach Levitt. Executive produced by me, Chris Corcoran, and Zach Levitt. Produced by Lloyd Lockridge, Perry Crowell, and Terrence Malingone. Editing by Perry Crowell and Zach Levitt. Mixing and mastering by Bill Schultz. Artwork and design is by Kurt Courtney. Original score is by Joel Goodman. And the theme song is Your Sins Will Find You Out by Eli Paperboy Reed. For more information, go to gangstercapitalism.com. Send any tips to tips at gangstercapitalism.com. And follow us on Instagram, at Gangster Capitalism, or on Twitter, at Gangster Capital. You can always follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Andrew Jenks. Thanks for listening to Episode 1 of Gangster Capitalism.